You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. In this episode of Legally Fond, some like their eggs boiled or fried, but some like to throw them. If the passenger of a car throws an egg out the back window and it injures a pedestrian, is the driver responsible? We get a bit bogged down in the morality of throwing eggs. Do you not see the inherent moral wrong in throwing an egg at anything? I, it's I not bringing morality into it is, is a bit of a stretch. Where out. in the Ten Commandments does it say, <laughs> thou shalt not egg? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Legally Fond. Before we start this week's episode, I wanted to tell you about what you can look forward to next week. We're really excited because we're speaking to Senator David Norris, who is one of Ireland's foremost gay rights activists. He took perhaps one of the most important constitutional law cases in the 20th century, which was challenging Ireland's anti-gay laws. He failed in the High Court, he failed in the Supreme Court, and as the Irish legal system turned its back on David Norris, he had to go to Europe to seek justice. Hear this fascinating story about a legal and personal battle on next week's episode of Legally Fond. But let's get back to the case at hand. What happened in this case, Alex? Okay, so on the fateful day of the 26th of March 2008, the plaintiff in this case, Anne Doody, was taking a walk with two friends down the old Bray Road. What happened from her perspective was she was hit by something in the eye, she didn't know what, and she fell to the ground and her eye was severely bleeding. So she was taken to the eye and ear hospital and unfortunately, she lost the sight in her eye, despite the best efforts of the surgeons involved. It later had to be removed, so she ended up with a false eye. So let's be clear, it was an egg that was thrown at this poor lady, which caused her so much injury. But Alex, what was the unusual part of this case? The defendant uh, isn't actually the person who threw the egg. It's the driver of the car that the egg was coming from. And this is where a lot of the legal issues arise. Uh, the defendant is completely companions uh, as a judge put it uh we're talking about going to a party that evening they purchased some eggs down in the local shop this was simply for egging they weren't going to make any omelets and they literally just want to throw eggs at in the manner of snowballs uh is the quote they said they're going to throw it at houses they didn't say that they were going to throw it at people and the kind of legal issues arise here uh from many different things namely the fact that it wasn't the driver of the car who threw the egg it was a passenger why would you sue the driver rather than the passenger well that's rule number one is to where the money is deep pockets yes this is the guy who's insured in the car this is the guy whose insurance company is going to cover any claims that arise out of poor operation of that vehicle the guy who threw the egg actually pled guilty to assaults in court a couple of years prior to that and he offered €10,000 to the lady but she refused to take it and she asked for him to give it to charity instead. And so this leads to the discussion on what is known as vicarious liability which is whereby if Gavin were to commit some kind of indiscretion or crime 
I may be in some position liable for that based on a relationship that I have with Gavin, based on the situation. Perhaps I am the operator of a motor vehicle. I should have been looking out as to what Gavin was getting up to and I failed in my duty to do that. And I guess that forms the basis for our discussion today. We discussed vicarious liability in the very first episode uh, with the little girl suing her granny, but it wasn't really her granny who caused the problem. It was her auntie who was negligent in the case, but she sued her granny instead because there was an insurance policy. You can listen back to that episode if you want to find out more about vicarious liability. As a law student, you're going to know this. If you have listened to this podcast, I'm sure we've mentioned it a couple of times, we have a common law system in Ireland, which means that judges look back and decide the current case based on what was decided in past cases. So it looks at different precedents that were set by similar cases that came before it. Alex, what's the precedent that they're looking back at in this case? The precedent here that was discussed most is Curdy versus Mannion in 1965. The defendant was the owner and was driving the motor vehicle. Um, and it was parked inside of the road and... Motor vehicle. Motor vehicle. vehicle. Uh, the passenger who was the child of the defend- or of the driver opened the door, didn't look through the coast clear and hit a cyclist. In that judgment, Chief Justice O'Dolig said that a person in charge of a motor car must take, pre- must take precautions for the safety of others and this would include the duty to take reasonable care to prevent... Conduct on the part of a passenger which is negligent. Now, in that particular judgment, it should be stressed that there was also a biological familial relationship, that of a child and parent. And it was a younger child, a younger, a child, a child who child. couldn't have known better, I guess you could argue. Yeah. And of course, one would presume that a child who's not in the position to make proper decisions by virtue of the fact they're a child the liability or the responsibility for their actions would naturally fall on their parent or guardian. In this situation, we're looking at a a bunch of young people. I think the driver was 17 at the time. He was there with three of his friends. His girlfriend was in the front seat. I suppose if you even look at the social dynamics of that, would you take kindly if I was telling you to cop yourself on Alex or Gavin or saying, don't do this, listen to me, I'm in charge, etc. I am the captain now. Let's be a little bit more realistic, realistic about this. Pierce can't drive, so it would be your cabin. <laughs> Pierce would have the egg in his hands. Pierce would have the, egg, the eggs in the back seat, and I'd be adding back to you. I'd be giving out if you were putting an egg all over the back of my car. Whether that's an obligation, it's more the fact that, you know, how much control do I have over, you know, your actions? Like, you know. I'm an adult. Well, shouldn't, shouldn't I take some responsibility for or my for own? both minors. So you don't there, set out the rules when someone go. gets into your car. You don't yeah. say no egging. No, pulling down the window. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance... In that the, order. For, <laughs> for instance, the uh, the barrister who was acting on behalf of the plaintiff suggested that the driver in this case should have, number one, ordered the p- passengers to put the eggs away. Number two, ordered that the window be put up. Number three, stopped his car. Or, number four, put the passengers out of the car. How would you guys feel if you were threatened to be thrown out of <laughs> a friend's car because you had you had eggs in your possession and he thought you were going to throw them at someone it's a reasonable request on the behalf of any kind of semi-decent person that you think it shouldn't have to be said in the first place not to throw eggs at people now look I can understand if you're teenagers I think as well they, they, they bought the eggs as kind of a backup plan failing admission to the house party they were going to get their 
little revenge by throwing eggs at the windows or whatever. I mean, that's that's a fairly innocent antisocial activity. But it's not credible that seeing as he'd gone to the shop and bought eggs with them, knowing that they were going to throw the eggs at someone, it's hardly credible now, now, to expect now, this guy to this tell... Is, but this is, this, this is not what was laid out in the case. They didn't necessarily know. It was never established that they were going to throw eggs at pedestrians. According to all the statements of the passengers and the driver, the plan was, the intention was, to throw eggs at houses. Now, the judge recognises that this may be selective amnesia. That aside, surely the very act of egging something or throwing an egg at anything, he knew at some point eggs were going to be thrown and they were not necessarily going to be thrown with his permission. But then his only guilt is transporting people who are intending to egg a house because... Presumably it wasn't going to be a drive-by egging of a house. It was going to be a stationary egging well, of, they, of a premises. Um, they went on a rampage, according to the judge. A rampage of egging. A yes. rampage of egging. Now, in, fa- like, in fairness, they didn't know that they had caused serious injury. Like, they were completely unaware. But they egged the house and various guests and, you know... They the engaged party. in an egging melee with one another as well, I believe, the, uh, oh, the judgment says. Look, I don't think they... They obviously didn't intend to cause serious harm either. Like again, I think it was. Mm. Like, but it was, equally, it's a kind of a, it's, it, there's an element of blatant disregard for common sense and yeah. But as in, there's a difference between like you know wanting to throw an egg at somebody, which is an inconvenience and causing serious harm. Like it's not like they didn't intend to do it. I know it. Like it, look, it's awful that this happened. Now, th- throwing an egg at a house is not <laughs> entirely. But they threw, no, they threw the, they threw them. What at... if an egg? goes through a window I know it's implausible what if an egg smashes a window what if it's a, a particularly hard egg uh, it's a damage what it's they went over and boiled they, they them like, is this the like no no hang on let's go back let's take a step back from the physics I'm just of saying, the do, egg do you not see <laughs> do you not see the inherent moral wrong in throwing an egg at anything and and therefore the fact I, it's that not bringing like, morality into it is is a bit of a stretch. No, I mean, it it is immoral. Like, where in the Ten Commandments does it say <laughs> "Thou shalt not egg"? You know, I think that's taking it a bit too far. No, no, hang on a second, Kevin. Right, I feel like you got a bit. You know, we literally about what five minutes ago you were talking about how the law is inserting itself into some like you know and creating this artificial relationship in for the purpose of suing somebody. You're talking about like, you know, how the like not egging something is so inherent to our legal system and so like, you know, understood by all members of society that adhere to it. That You know, how could you possibly egg something? Well, I think it falls under the jurisdiction of the Egg Throwing Act 2020, (laughs) which is currently in the the review process. Now, in fairness, the judge did remark that there was evidence of more general malice on the behalf of those in the car. Malice is sorry, malice is a very strong word. I, I'd agree with you there, actually. This was, you know, it is tragic and it is really sad. But I don't think it was because of, you know, this extensive, like, malicious intent on the part of a couple of teenagers. Like, they're obviously just going around to, you know, screw things up as teenagers too. Well, the, the guy did who you threw ever... the egg, the guy who threw the egg knew he was throwing an egg at a lady. But he didn't, like... And that was going to cause her harm either it way. Except, okay, hang on a second. If an egg hits you, as long as it's not in the eye or on your face, it's probably not going to cause that much damage. It's an assault regardless. I am, I have not been egged, but I... Have you stand in, No, you I have not egged. I, I just, I accept that they weren't going out to do good that day. 
And it should should the that's a very that's a very kind of like bringing the Christian meta narrative into things that you oh, know for God's oh, sake, Pierce, you know, sorry that you're the you're doing jumping, of good deeds. You're jumping you know, about twenty steps ahead there. Should the law be giving allowances to someone who's involved in it's, it's egging? Not, it's not giving allowances. Who's complicit? It's, it's, it's not. No, I, I think this is very very you know highbrow legalese that you're bringing in for what sorry, is a yeah, basic is misdemeanor. Like, I also complicit. accept that the defendant knew or ought to have known that there were in fact eggs in the backseat of the car and what was occurring may have been potentially volatile like okay what is the tagline for this podcast the podcast that makes law simple i believe the podcast that makes law simple which means that like you know our raison d'etre right is to cut through the very complicated language that this is and kind of the artificial legal structures that are created in order to do things within the world of law that's kind of like, you know, the antithesis of what this is, which is basically just three law students, not experts, I'll admit, that are sitting around talking about, you know, the kind of how, you know, lay people will probably see a case. These kids, and they are kids, there's there's no names in this case, it's initials only, we're just messing. It's sad that it happened, that some something happened. It really is. But... Let's not get too highbrow about yeah, yeah. A, the Ten Commandments. I, I, I no, no, but let's, let's, the Ten let's, Commandments. No, but I, I, I was trying to try to entertain my um, question. You haven't answered. I will question. entertain your question. You haven't right? answered us. Would you mind repeating it for the benefit of the viewers? <laughs> In this case, is the law making allowances, and should should the law being be making allowances for someone who? Was complicit. No, in this I, again, I went I, out that day I, I, intent on egging something. I, 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 I reject that, Vincent. Um, <laughs> well, what, I, what I would say is, look, complicit. this, this, this test hinges on the idea of reasonableness. Okay, that you, it's, it's, it's so that it avoids the imposition of an onerously high standard on the defendant. Let's go back and look at the facts of the case. Right, this guy, the driver, the defendant, seventeen, new car. They went to a supermarket, bought three packets of eggs. He said, lads, put those eggs in the boot. I don't want you messing with them. Now, I'm not saying that came from a very altruistic, humanitarian point of view that he didn't want people to be egged. He didn't want his car to be messed, right? And what did the judge find? That he knew or ought to have known no, that no, one I, of I, the I'll get to that. I'll, I'll yeah. get to that, please. If you, I didn't interrupt you if, you, if you'd let me finish. Basically, he went to another garage. He had to buy another soft drink for some reason. I, I don't know. And the eggs must have slipped out of the boot or were removed from the boot, but they were in the backseat of the car. Furthermore, he should have been aware because his girlfriend was in the front passenger seat varnishing an egg, I believe, throughout the course of the journey. Now, if we look at the charges that are brought against him, it says failure to maintain order, failure to properly operate a motor vehicle. I maintain that if you're keeping your eyes on the road, driving in the evening time, quite a, probably quite a lot of distractions in the back of a car full of teenagers. That's what you're focusing on. You're focusing on your driving. You shouldn't be looking around you having to deal with passengers in the back who are potentially causing a distraction. You turn your head on a sharp bend. That's it. There's a lot more damage than a few eggs being thrown. I do agree with you. Reading through the judgment, I think there's certainly an argument to say that, you know, what are the traits of teenagers and driving around is that they don't think that it's not something like I'm not look I'm not saying that they're you know innocent of a crime but I'm saying that like you know you have to kind of take it into context that they're kids driving around in a car it's a novelty and the egging the thing them as motorists like any other motorists like an I mean. egging rampage or 
I accept that the defendant and his friends were all on a common purpose to commit unlawful acts of egging. <laughs> like, this wasn't some, you know, criminal enterprise. This isn't the Hutch and Kinahan, you know, gangs. Like, it's a bunch of teenagers driving around, and they, look, they threw an egg, and unfortunately it's an accident. I think it's an, like, it's an accident that happened. And I don't think as well, they didn't come together solely for the purpose of egging. They came, they came together to go to, to, go to a party, yeah. and the egging was secondary. And also, it's just... They must you know, be losers if they didn't get in. Like, the court finds these yeah, teenagers it's very losers. <laughs> also, let's go back to, again, the, the idea that there had to be evidence of a discussion or a plan. And this was the t- crucial... This was, this was the nub yeah. of the case, essentially. And that there had to be a plan and evidence that they were going to egg pedestrians. Now, one of the guys in the back seats or the back seat contends that he said to the fellow who threw it, don't throw the eggs at, at, at these ladies. Just beforehand. Just beforehand. Yeah. At which point he may have had the egg in his hands and the window, window down lowered. or whatever. Now, he pleaded guilty to assault. Yes. He accepted the criminal responsibility of that. So, fine. This action is trying to then assign responsibility to the driver. Like, as in, you know, I guess, if we're talking about who's to blame here, the kid who threw the egg is to blame. Like, it's his fault, but he accepted the consequences of that. He pled guilty, and in a sense, like, in the criminal sense, justice was done. Well, do you believe that drivers should have vicarious liability for, in circumstances like these? There's a test. Like, if you look at it as well, the driver didn't actually engage in purchasing the eggs, Right. He transported the eggs. He transported the people who threw the eggs. He didn't throw an egg himself. He knew what was going to happen with the eggs. Well, well no. not, not with the pedestrian, but he knew that the eggs were going to be thrown at at, at a house. Yes, which is he, he knew egging was which, going to occur. Uh, yes, but I mean, look in the greater schemes of thing uh, scheme of things, egging is a fairly innocent and usually victimless act of of, of antisocial behaviour. You know. And in this case, it went tragically wrong to kind of essentially have the driver in a position where he's expected to anticipate the actions of those he's carrying in his vehicle to essentially read their mind, while at the same time operate a motor vehicle to the standard that is required of him under the Road Traffic Act and all of all all the other baggage that comes with it. I think that's a very, very onerously high standard. And I I think the court was right in their decision. The amount of influence teenagers can exert over each other it's pretty minimal in those kind of situations it's pretty minimal yeah um and yeah you could say that as well like he was supposed to be focusing on driving the car and i mean the girlfriend was fairly innocently enough again varnishing an egg i mean th- does that suggest she's going to throw the egg out the window at a passing pedestrian no no he, he could have he could have said something he did. He said something at the outset of the journey. He said, put the eggs in the boot. I don't want you to mess the car. Do you accept that he knew or ought to have known that there was one pack of eggs in the back? I think looking at it from a, a social understanding, you know, removing the the kind of legal analysis of this, I think saying it once, he, he had done more than a lot of other people would do in this scenario. Now, like I said, he was looking out for the welfare of his car think that he was looking out for the welfare of his car. It's hard to analyse these things retrospectively because these are just (laughs) casual social interactions. They're not... uh, He he has no authority over the the passengers, other passengers in his car, really. Uh, So it's very easy for us to say, oh, he should have said this, he should have done that. As we've said, it was very tragic what happened to this this poor lady. How do you... Do you think a court should make allowances where there's a particularly sympathetic case like this? If you were a judge and you saw a lady who had lost her eye 
would you treat her differently? I think Alex made the point in our first episode of season one that basically because the claimant, the plaintiff, was a little girl, that the court took a very sympathetic view towards finding liability so she could get a bit of compensation out of it. Really, I suppose the court shouldn't be looking at it from that point of view as much as, you know, otherwise we'd all kind of be community judges and say something terrible has happened. Somebody has to pay for it. That's not how our legal system works. There has to be a finding of fault. There has to be a finding of of liability. It comes back to this idea of reasonableness. The judge in this case said that he regret, like regretfully dismissed this. Like he obviously like, and it's it like it is very it is very tragic that this happened and the way that he speaks about the the passengers in the car, you know, with selective amnesia among other things. I think is quite, but no, it's quite it's quite a negative view. Like it is very much looking down on people. Like again, I. Is it right? No, I don't. Sorry, you think he's looking down on the on the, the passengers. passengers? Yeah, and the passengers oh, and the driver, and it, like, because he's ca- he is casting aspersions. Maybe they now he is. Look, he he had the the benefit of watching them being cross examined in court and seeing their evidence being presented in full, so he could he could gauge. This is years after the event, though. This is literally years after the event. Going back to kind of what responsibilities drivers have in the law, and this is just an example which has popped into my head. Drivers are responsible for passengers wearing their seatbelts in the car. So it's probably not fair to say that this driver, just because he was a 17-year-old in a car with his mates, had no responsibilities with regards to what the passengers in the back of the car were doing or not doing. Well, again, again, that I, I think that comes down to, let's look at it from a reasonable perspective. That's very simple for a driver to say, right, put on your seatbelts before I start the car. And that can be observed then. And it is assumed for the duration of the journey, unless it's obviously uh, not the case, that that the seatbelts remain on while the car is moving. Now, this judgment did say the duty of care isn't limited to only the relationship of parent-child. That's just an example. Mm. And it is a very extreme example of a relationship that, you know, there is a element of control and supervision. We have absolutely no control over each other's actions only gavin has the kind of gavin like, gavin's has like the, the puppet master with his <laughs> with his editing no but it's, it's not about having total control it's not about the person losing their ability to make decisions it's about being seen to set standards of behavior if you get me so in this no, case but I, I don't in- i don't think the the um the arbiter or um kind of architect of moral standards or what is deemed to be acceptable conduct is a 17 year old driver and I certainly don't think his friends who in this case are his passengers would take kindly to him laying out at the start of the journey his interpretation of what is good and bad behaviour before I move the car (laughs) yes I would like to read from you from the book of Genesis (laughs) (laughs) so the unfortunate plaintiff who lost her eye in this case did not succeed in suing the driver of the car the judge found that the driver of the car was not vicariously liable for the actions of the passenger who threw the egg. And this was the crucial thing, that there had been no discussion of throwing eggs at passengers. So therefore, the driver didn't know that the passenger was going to throw the egg at the poor plaintiff. That's it for this episode of Legally Fun. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review. Do tell a friend. And don't forget, we speak to human rights advocate and constitutional law champion, David Norris, on next week's episode. (laughs) 